Hey, security peeps, we are live with another special edition of CISO Thursdays, Breaking into Cybersecurity. I am Renee Small, cybersecurity super recruiter, helping awesome leaders hire great talent. And I am here with one of our fabulous guests, Sean. Nice to meet you or nice for you. Thank you for being here, Sean. Thanks for having me. You know, so I appreciate that. Absolutely. So, Sean Delane, I know that you have um, an awesome background in you've been in security and in technology for over 25 years um, or 20 plus years and started, I believe, with a military background. I did. Um, yeah. So would love for you to share with us um you know, the beginning, like what made you, we always start out kind of like with the background, what made you get into security um, and what tips and, and tricks that you have for folks trying to break in today? Because it's probably very different than when you came in then to what people are dealing with now. Yeah, I would say that's true. Absolutely. Um, so I, I, you know, when I graduated high school, I decided to join the Navy and I actually worked on jet engines and airframes. So I didn't have anything to do with computers or anything like that. This was actually at the time when the um, Navy wasn't really using a lot of computers. And so this was straight out of high school? Straight out of high school, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I needed to, uh, you know, kind of my, like most people, I wanted to figure out who I was, mature as an individual and as an adult, and and travel the world. And, and I was fortunate enough to do that. And I spent a lot of time in the Middle East. Um, traveling around the Mediterranean, the North Atlantic, visiting some wonderful places and meeting some wonderful people. And, and it was a blast. So I did a little bit less than seven years in the Navy. Um, I was stationed out of uh, Whidbey Island, Washington, which is uh, about as far northwest in the United States as you can get. And then I was on an aircraft carrier out of the East Coast. So we we always went east when we went on the boat. Um, when I decided to get out of the Navy, my wife and I moved back home. We were both were both from outside of Chicago. And um, I started working for, you know, just a company. And we were prim primarily doing scanning of documents for um, lawyers and law firms. Um, but I met a lady there that was the IT person for this organization. And she kind of took me under her wing and started teaching me some um aspects of working on networks and working with servers and things like that. Um, and kind of was the first person to really lead me into getting into it. Um, and I, I didn't stay with that company very long, um, but I got some Novell certifications. And when I started, I started working on Novell servers. And then I had my, my first job in the it world was a, as a contractor working for a large accounting organization um, doing their backups so I had to do all the backups of all the servers and become familiar enough with the environment to troubleshoot any issues that came up. Um, I did that for six months or so, got hired on by that organization and started working in their networking group. Um, so, you know, servers, infrastructure, network operating systems, security that was done at the time. Um, that led from Novell to Microsoft to Windows NT to Windows, um, all the win different flavors of Windows Server. Um, and the current organization I've been at with for a little bit over 20 years, and it's been a great environment for me to learn. I've met some more wonderful mentors along the way, and I started out as um, infrastructure, you know, servers, operations, um, taking care of the networks, you know, system engineering type stuff, app, uh, some application, worked with our development teams a little bit. And then about four years ago, we got a new CIO in and he moved me into an information security officer role. And that was really the really the beginning of my official uh, journey in cybersecurity. Although, you know, as most people in technology, uh, when you're dealing with um, Active Directory or um, at the time, Netware um, applications and, you know, networks and IoT devices and everything else, you're 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 kind of baking security into that as you go along. So I've been working, you know, with security for my whole career, but officially in cybersecurity for about four years now. Um, about two years ago, I um, seriously started studying for the CISSP exam. I, I, had, I had done it before, moved away from it, too much work got involved, you know, life got in the way and I stopped for a while. 
And then I started it again and then I stopped again. Um, but during that time frame, I met um, three or four, which turned into a total group of five of us um, through LinkedIn. And we had a small study group that we did a couple of nights a week for several months. Um, and with that group, we all went out, took our exams, passed our exams. And now we've got this uh, group that works together for, um, you know, mentoring and support. And, and we reach out to each other all the time. And, and they've been a, a, a great resource for me as I've journeyed from, you know, an infrastructure role into a cybersecurity role. That's fantastic. I think that um, when when you say the when you have a mentorship, is it mentoring within the group? Like you all mentor each other in different yeah. arenas, not mentoring yeah. other people yet. Well, there's both. Um, the right. the the five of us are mentoring each other. You know, daily, every couple of days, we we reach out to each other. We've got a single group that we are each in, and and we were talking last night. Um, I've also done some mentoring of other people outside of my organization through LinkedIn, um, within my organization, you know, within person. And then I've had, uh, you know, a, a really, a really good number of people that have been in a um, managerial position of, of me over the years. And they've been great mentors to me on a, the business side, um, furthering my career, furthering my development in, and allowing me to be where I am today. And, you know, I, and I, I have to say, I wouldn't be here I might be here. I, I don't. I don't know where I would be if I didn't have those mentors from the beginning of my career all the way back into the Navy. Even when I wasn't working on computers or networks, I've had I had great mentors, and up and through right now, I still have mentors that I talk to all the time. Um, I consider my the CIO that I work for is is a good mentor. The CEO, I you know I'm I'm with them all the time in meetings personally. I talk to them all the time, and they're great mentors to me. And that it's been super beneficial. Yeah. Well, we tell people that all of I mean, I have quite a few of my own. Um, and we talk to folks who come on here or who are, who are listening or watching and have um, an interest. And we, we always talk about the power of mentorship and the power of networking and how, you know, many of the roles are, mentors, you know, like I can imagine in your signal group, if you're looking for somebody, for example, for a role, you probably go to this group first. Like, hey, yeah. does anyone know anybody? You know, like that's just the way life works. <laughs> yeah. And and I have a, a small group of people that I did a master's cohort with, um, you know, three years, three, four years ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's another group that I would have no hesitation reaching out to and saying, hey, I need somebody here or can you help here? Um, you know, one of them, one of them's in Chicago, one of them was in Arizona, one of them was out in the East Coast. But it was that was another great opportunity to expand some networking and you know meet different people outside of my regular everyday life and and develop some good relationships. And that's a, that's I think that's a key to being in any in any career stage of your life in any field is you know networking and developing a group of people that you can. Uh, reach out to in, in time of need and they can assist you. And and that may not be important at that time of need. It might be super important. It just depends. But having having people to go to is, is really beneficial. Yeah, 100%. And so it's here and now from the leadership side, you know, and I'm on the recruiting side and I tell folks this all the time because sometimes they come to me and I'm like, well, usually the folks that when if somebody like you calls me, it's for some very seasoned, you know, mm-hmm. some role that you just can't figure out from, you can't find from your networks and everything else. And so we tell uh, the folks that are trying to break in um, and the folks that are even trying to move up to work the network, like be in, try to, to, to be a part of uh, groups, networks what what are your what's your um what's your like take or advice when it comes to that like the mentorship part obviously a lot a lot of time people get mentors from just being in the organization you talked mm-hmm. about being in the in the navy having someone above you you know like that's kind of i guess that's natural when you're in an org that you see people that you look up to and you say yeah. you know i want i want to be like this person 
Um, but if you're not in an org, and I think sometimes that's where the struggle is. So, so it's, I guess it's a two part question. <laughs> I didn't let you answer the first one. <laughs> so the mentorship piece, and then um, what I asked about when it comes to networking. So I, I'm also out, uh, you know, outside of work and outside of a couple of the other groups that I have. I'm also in some other, you know, IT and leadership groups in the Chicago market, and you know, through this one in particular, I've met you know, CISOs, ISOs, um, CIOs, and, you know, it's a, a group that could be, you know, 40 or 50 people at any given time. Um, Pre-COVID, they were in-person meetings once a month, um, once every few weeks, and, you know, you go as you can. And then since COVID, those not have not been in person, and but they've been remote, and, and those have worked as well for meeting and talking to people and going over issues and seeing how other people um, handle situations as they arise. And if I think there's plenty of opportunities on LinkedIn for most people that are trying to get into the field to, you know, look for, you know, hashtag cybersecurity in LinkedIn or, or mentoring or anything that is a topic of what your desire to be in. And find those groups and join them and reach out to people that are a part of those groups and go through a process of, you know, listening to see what they have to say, to see what people have to post and, and start commenting and start asking questions. Um, you know, you can gain a lot of information from people that are, are, are in the LinkedIn space that um, contribute a lot and do a lot of discussion. And I think that's a, a good thing that people can do. I'm glad you brought that up, especially that um, that the the organizations, the the professional organizations, because I think a lot of times, even though we've said it a ton of times, but again, we like to hear from you <laughs> because we tell people, hey, join these organizations and be. And obviously, if it's a if it's a leadership one, you know, if you're brand new, you can't get into that. But right. the bigger ones that are more open to everyone, students, you know, I remember being a student and participating in SHRM, Society mm -hmm. of Human Resources Management, and um, there were leadership roles with, you know, as a student. And then you could, obviously, as a student leader, you got access to go to the big conferences at the time for either a reduced rate or the school would pick it up, you know, like all of these various things that makes you, um, right. gives you that exposure. Right, and right. now, pretty much on the same thing, you know, obviously not the leadership, like a, a brand newbie can't get into a CISO group or a CIO group, but the ones where they're more, more um, different. Broad, levels, yeah. Broad focused. Exactly. Yeah. Where you can learn for, for a number of reasons, one, the learning opportunity. So you're going to learn and hear the verbiage, hear the, mm -hmm. you know, exactly what's going on in the industry at the time and what some of the hot topics are. And then secondly, potentially the volunteer opportunities to get in and kind of help with running of the organization right, right. Gives you more exposure, because if CISO Sean is there and happens to be a leader in the, the org, like a VP or something in the org, and then, you know, brand newbie Renee shows up and says, oh, I'm here to help. And then you get to know me on that volunteer level. If there's an opportunity, you may consider me. Absolutely. Absolutely. And 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 that's a good way to look at it, because like when I started in in, as I mentioned earlier, when I started in I.T., I was a contractor hired for a six month stint to do just backups of servers. Right. And that led into a position and that led into another supervisory role. And that led into a group of, of friends there that I worked with that I think are were great influences on me. Um, and, and a lot of those people have done really well in their careers. Um, and that led to, you know, a, a medium managerial level position at the current company I'm at, which led to more responsibility, which led to continuing education and further responsibility to where I am today. And I think that's, I think, I, I don't think there's any easy way or, you know, one solution fits all answer for how do I break into cybersecurity? I want to do this. I think it takes um, hard work and determination and getting to know people and understanding your skill set, understanding where you're where you lack certain confidences and skills and trying to learn those. It's not insurmountable, but I think that people are I think there's um, 
some people out there that hear of the cybersecurity shortage, you know, we have several hundred thousand positions that are short and they're like, well, I can do this. And I just need, I just, you know, I'm going to be out there and all of a sudden now hire me. Well, I think it doesn't quite work that way as much as we would like it to. Um, you have to show an aptitude. You have to show, you really have to show an aptitude for how computers work, how networks work, how everything integrates and, and business. If you understand business pretty well and you have a knack for it, you can probably pivot very easily. Um, it takes a lot of education for continuing education, self-study. Um, it doesn't, ha- you don't need a college degree. I didn't get a college degree until many years into my career. And then I went and got a master's. Um, I, I found a lot of benefit from that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I like to read technical manuals. My, my wife kind of laughs at me when I come to bed with a manual that's like this thick. And she's like <laughs> a little light reading before bed. And, you know, it's, it's, it, it's interesting, but I, I enjoy reading and I enjoy reading um, to further my education and understanding of a, of a particular topic that I might be working on. Um, and I'll admit, I, I you know, had certifications early in my career and they lapsed and I didn't have any until uh, two years ago, basically. Um, I, I was in a position where I didn't need the certifications to do my job. Right. Um, I did my job and I did my job well. Um, I think that people are trying to break into the field, though. They should start with seeking some certifications and some education. And it doesn't have to be going to pay for, a, you know, the CIS SSP mm-hmm. training program through ISC Squared. It could simply be picking up books. There's LinkedIn learning programs that are very good, um, but picking up some books and reading and, you know, studying. And, and I highly recommend finding a group to study with because, they'll keep you on track and keep you accountable for what you're supposed to be doing. And the, the four other guys, and I can't stress it enough, the four other guys that I did my CISSP cert with, the, the five of us worked multiple days a week for six months or more, helping each other, um, doing study sessions, going chapter by chapter. And that's a, a great opportunity for people to learn. Um, I, you know, I highly recommend that. That's a good, that's a really good point. A shout out here. Justice says, um, this is an awesome forum. Thanks, Renee Small, Sean, Delane, Chris, and James. Thanks, Justice. Thank you, Justice, for being here. Yeah, thank you. Um, Great comment. Some questions are coming in. Um, Olu says, hi, Sean. With reference to your conversation on the attitude to get into cybersecurity, what does understanding business mean? So the, the key there is that in order to effectively work in cybersecurity, and especially once you start getting into senior level positions, you have to understand how you can provide value to the business. Um, IT is a cost center. It costs money to run IT. It costs money to run CyberSec. We don't generally, unless you're working for a company that specifically does it, we don't generate revenue. So when the business leaders and um, business process owners come to the technology department looking for solutions, we have to be able to understand what they're looking for, for solution requirements and articulate a a well-crafted answer. And it's going to be difficult to do if you have no understanding of what they're looking for or how that translates to business requirements. Um, You know, it's super important to understand how that's done and how to communicate with people. Yeah. Very good point. Scott. Hey, Scott. He says, hi, Renee. For a man who loves reading, I wonder if he has a great book recommendation other than yours, <laughs> which was awesome. <laughs> Thank you, Scott. <laughs> um, so I'm reading, uh, it, it, interesting, and I've read this book three or four times before. My dad introduced it to me when I was probably 14 or 15 years old. Um, it, it's, it's, a, it's called The Walking Drum by Louis L'Amour, and it's a historical fiction about 11th 11th century um, France and a migration from there to Constantinople, um, Istanbul today. And my dad was a, I I didn't read a lot when I was younger. Uh, My dad got me into reading. He was an avid reader. And, you know, every once in a while, I just have, my dad died about 20 years ago, unfortunately. So I don't have, don't get to have the conversations with him anymore that I used to. But every once in a while, I'll, I'll have a, a longing to have those conversations that we used to have. And this was a book that we both enjoyed. 
and he introduced it to me and I've thoroughly enjoyed the, the adventuring aspect of this. And it, and it kind of really spoke to me. So I picked that up two days ago and started reading it again. And I'm already like 75% the way through it. So, um, I, you know, I like, I like reading science fiction. I like reading fantasy. Um, my wife and I have read some books, the same books together. My sister introduced me to a, a sci-fi series 20 years ago or something like that, that has been going on. It's now a stars program. It's called Outlander. Um, but you know, there's all kinds of crazy things that I'll read and, and pick up books. And, and as, I mean, I don't know if you can see on the back shelf here, it's just stacked with books. I've got other shelves over here stacked with them. And uh, yeah, I mean, reading has always been a passion. I like, I'm not a huge television watcher. So for relaxation, I like to read and, and I recognize in myself that when I'm overly stressed, working too hard, or too many long hours or anything like that, that I, I feel like I need to pick up some reading for pleasure versus reading um, for learning. And right. I do, I like to read history. I like to read, you know, technical manuals, um, political intrigue, you know, things like that. But you can only read so many of that before your brain's on overload. <laughs> so true. I'm just, I'm, I'm the very same way. People ask me about all types of movies and, and, um, and TV shows and things like that. And I'm so out of the loop with that. Like I, yeah. I'm a huge, I like documentaries. I like history based. If, if it's going to be something I watch more often than not, it'll be some kind of a, a, like a documentary style or listening or watching, you know, nowadays podcasts is listening and watch yeah. um, combination of like information, but it always has some kind of like most of the time historical um, component to it. And then all other types of, um books for like you said pleasure right now and little ones so parenting all kinds of different stuff <laughs> so so very cool okay so olu oh there's a couple olus here all right so um olu aduyale see if i could get my uh my my wannabe <laughs> nigerian <laughs> accent going hello is it advisable to get a security plus certification as someone who is about to transition into security um, it, it's helpful. And I think as a person that's not in cybersecurity today to get an entry level cert to break into it, I think is, is a very valid idea. Um, I know a couple of weeks ago, I posted an ISC, reposted an ISC squared article that was talking about some entry level certs for people trying to break into cybersecurity. And there were some listed there. There's a lot of people that have um, mentioned what certs to get, which ones to get. And it's all kind of based on opinion on where you want to see your career. Um, one of the guys, uh, we hired a new guy six months ago, I think. And I, um, I, I think he has a network plus and not a security plus. Um, but for him, that certification shows to me that he can, he can learn, he can understand, and he can take a test, which is good. So now that he's within my group, He's starting to learn more aspects of security. So that's going to probably lead into some entry level security certifications and a security plus might be one of those. Um, I wouldn't, I'm not, I'm just not, not recommending it. I'm not, not recommending it. I think, I think the value of the cert is for you to determine and what your current role is and where you want to progress to maybe the companies you want to look for. Uh, if you're looking to go to a new company and they have a certain requirement for a position, I would look into those requirements, understand what those are. And that could be different certs. But there are there are several entry-level certs that would be very beneficial to have if you're trying to break in. And Sean, I would add on to to just piggyback off that little piece that you talked about when, when you're going to certain, trying to get a job in certain organizations. I know that a lot of the times with government contracting and government mm -hmm. roles, they will require a cert. Yes. And it could be any cert or any security related cert. The so security plus is one that I also tend to, if someone comes to me and is very generic and, you know, new to the industry, um, that's my recommendation um, as well, because yeah. it's, it you know, it's one of the ones that it is security and, um, you know, a lot of government agencies and government contractors will accept that as like, OK, it checks the box of having a security certification. Ab absolutely. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. And I, I had a conversation with with 
um, somebody a few months back that was, you know, he, he wanted to concentrate on getting the CCNA. And I'm like, it's a great cert. Um, do you envision that in your current role, you're going to be doing a lot of Cisco work? And he said, no. I said, then, then why take it? If, if you want to do it to learn, great. Um, if you're not going to be doing that in your day-to-day responsibilities or you don't want to transition into that role in the future, I don't know that that particular cert is worth it. Um, I know in, in my organization, I handle um, most of our Cisco equipment, um, but I have I have an expert that I go to when it's outside of what I'm comfortable making changes with on the routers and switches. So it, it would be of no value for someone like me to get that cert. Right. But it could be for others. I think if you're going to be very specialized, those are good certs to get and, right. and maintain. And um, Sean, what made you, so Olu says, cool, thanks for the advice. I, I hope that was helpful. I, I, I think it probably was. <laughs> I'll answer for him. <laughs> um, what made you go back and get the CISSP after all this time? I mean, you have the 20 years. You don't, you, you're a person that technically does not have to get the CISSP at this stage of your career. So I'm very that, that's correct. So um, I, interest, interesting is, is four years ago, we made a, a CIO change at our company and the new person that came in, um, who I, I believe has mentored me quite well over the last few years. Um, I, you know, him and I work together day to day. We work really well together. He's taught me a lot. Um, he walked in with um, several certs and the CISSP was one of those. And then um, we had some regulatory requirements to establish an information security officer role. And that's when I transitioned into that role. And I, I you know, I was at the time I was writing, you know, we were redoing policies, creating policies, standardizing on a lot of different aspects of our um, security framework. And it was, it was at that point that I was like, you know, this, this wouldn't be a, a this would be a good cert for me to have. I, I think I would do that. And I, and like I said, I, I started it. Um, I started reading about it. There's Mike Chappell's program on LinkedIn is really good. Um, I did the Cyberry one. I read a, I read a book, and then I started doing some self assessment self assessment um, tests. And I was like, "Oh, this is terrible! I know nothing." I'm, I was, you know, imposter syndrome set in. I was so depressed with how I was performing on those. And I took a few months off. And that's again when I met the my my team of group. Uh, Joel Bork, um, uh, Brandon Krieger were doing a, a podcast. I joined that. I contributed to that for six months or more. And, and now these guys are some great friends of mine. And I, it was very helpful to um, start the process, take a step back, and then meet some other guys who were in that journey with me who could help me get out of my own head. Um, and that's, you know, I, I, had to, I had to gain some confidence in my ability to study. I, I've always been a, let me rephrase that. Um, since I went back to school as an adult, I was always a good studier and always a good learner. Um, I struggled when I was in grade school and high school because I was so distracted with everything. I didn't want to be there. Like most people, none of us want to be there. Sure. Um, and then when I did Make my bachelor's, exciting. <laughs> yeah, when I did my bachelor's and master's, though, I, I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed those programs and the learning and the experience. And, and it was the same thing when I did the CISSP study group with those those guys that I'm mentioning. It was a two nights a week, six months, and then my own time outside of that group study. So I, I, you know, fortunately for me, my, my wife said, I know you want to do this, go do it. Um, same thing when I did my master's, I know you want to do it, go do it. Right. Um, I I've been very fortunate to have a super supportive family and, um, a partner that's allowed me to work as, as much as I need to take, take time off for studying as much as I need to. Um, I, you know, I do side work on the side for organizations and I do that, you know, on nights or weekends or things like that. And, and it's always been, Hey, you do what you got to do. I got you. I got your back. And that, that's, that's a great feeling. Awesome. That's awesome to have. So a couple questions and then I'm going to go back to imposter syndrome. (laughs) So (laughs) 
Olu number two. I think he was actually Olu number one, original, the original Olu on this thread. <laughs> I, I met Renee on the recently concluded intro to Cyber Sand Summit. I'm in the UK. Do you have any tips for getting into cyber in the UK or networks that you'd recommend? I mean, I, I think whether you're in the UK, the US or Canada, I don't know that it matters. Um, I, I think find a group of people that can mentor you, find a group of people that you can study with, um, find organizations that offer, um, you know, outside of work that do security summits or um, webinars or in-person meetups. Um, I, I think that's the way to go. One, one of the guys in my study group is actually in Toronto. Um, so, you know, we dealt with three or four of us were in four of us were in the States. One was in Toronto. Um, there's different business requirements and a little bit different lingo that they use than we do, but it, it was all good. And we all learned from each other. So I don't, I don't know if it matters where you're at. I think find people I've communicated with people over the years that are in Australia, New Zealand, um, in Europe, and you learn how to communicate over the time difference and it, and it, and it can work pretty well and, and advantageous for most people, I think. Right. Um, I'm thinking of JJ Davey. Mm -hmm. Olu, he's, I believe, in the UK, and he has all kinds of groups that he's a part of. So that's a person that you may want to connect with, and it's J-A-Y-J-A-Y Davey. Yeah, and there's... And 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 tons of others. He's the one that's popping up in my mind right now, but Um, go ahead, Sean, I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. Chris Chris is a great one. Uh, There's another guy, Rafael Nunez. Mm -hmm. Um, there's, I mean, I, I mean, I have, I have a hundred people that I share connections with more that are, you know, the equivalent of what I do and what I say. And, and it's right. kind of like an echo chamber a lot, but again, <laughs> you, you join these groups and you learn a lot. So, I yeah. mean, go into LinkedIn and build your profile, um, find, you know, networking groups, find CISO groups, find cybersecurity groups, um, you know, look for different hashtags and you can find all kinds of people out there. And it's, it's super supportive, great people to be around. I mean, I've been communicating with, with, I, I was never really heavily in LinkedIn um, up until a couple of years ago, uh, three or three or four years ago, maybe. And, and then I really exploded with connections and opportunities to learn from other people and communicate with other people. And, and it's, it, they're great opportunities. Yeah. It's huge. LinkedIn is like, my number one favorite social media platform. Yeah. Um, and I've been a LinkedIn user for years because in recruiting, LinkedIn kind of started as a recruiting kind of source almost, I feel like almost 20 years ago. Like it's, I don't know how old LinkedIn is, 17 years, something like that. But I was super duper early adopter at, because at the time my boss was like, okay, guys, join this LinkedIn thing. And we were yeah. like, okay, <laughs> no, but really got into it. Um, later on in my career. So it's just a huge, huge, huge source of networking. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's, there's some, you know, there's some great people out there and, and you, as you start for anybody who's not doing that today, as you start, you just get a couple of connections with a couple of different people. And then all of a sudden you see what they post, what they repost, what they communicate on, what they have um, discourse with other people with. And once you start seeing that, you have the opportunity to connect with a lot of people. It blows up very quickly. Yeah. So um, Olu also says Cuckoo's Egg and Sandworm are great cybersecurity books and Cult of the Dead Cow is also great. I've never heard of Cult of the Dead Cow. I hadn't either. There's there's another um, a really good, it's not a cybersecurity book. Um, it's just an IT book. Um, the Phoenix Project. That's another really good book for people to read. And that and there's a little bit of talk there about how to integrate IT and business, how to how to um, give back value. And it's it's a it's a fictional account of of a CIO, a guy moving into a CIO role to turn around an environment in a in a corporation. It's a wonderful book. I would I would recommend anybody read that. And what's the name of that? I'm writing it's called the down. Phoenix Project. The Phoenix, I feel like I've heard of that. Yeah, and then there's a second one. I'm trying to look on my shelf. It's behind It's behind a bunch of stuff. Um, there was a second one. I can't remember the name of that one. Um, Cult of the Dead Cow. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll have to look that one up. I know. I've never heard of that one. 
Um, okay, cool. See, good information on this fun podcast. Okay, James says, hi, I was a computer consultant in the 90s and for five years and managed small Novell networks, but have no experience with Windows or Linux servers. I'm currently training for the CompTIA system certifications. What other certifications should I get? Um, Network Plus would be good. Security Plus would be good. Uh, I mean, with with your understanding of Novell networks, that's going to... naturally transition into working with Windows servers and Active Directory. Um, it's a little different. It's close enough that it'll be good, though. So I, I would I would go that route. Um, definitely become familiar with Windows and Linux. Um, and any position that you're going to be getting into for whether it's in a, in a, a network group, an IT group, a cybersecurity group, you're going to have to understand how servers operate and how they integrate with other components. Um, I, I spent 20 years in networking and infrastructure servers. Um, you know, I work, the current company I work for is a small organization and we have a small IT shop and I, I pretty much have done everything with a small group of people uh, for years. And it's allowed um, me and my team to, um, really generally be jack of all trades because we're exposed to everything. So I, I'm, I think I'm a little unique in that way is a lot of people are very specialized in, in their knowledge and what they do, very siloed in, under, in, in what they've learned over the years. And I, I've, I've got experience and my team as well. We have experience dealing with everything. And it's, it's an interesting position to be in because you can have conversations with all different types of people, make recommendations for all types of different things, and, and really be supportive of people's needs. Very cool. Okay, Tyrone. Hey, Tyrone. Tyrone says, hard work, check, determination, check. And for me, perseverance was a key component. Absolutely. Yeah, it takes a lot of, a lot of hard work and determination to go through any types of study, study programs and, and get into the field. Um, Most, most people would agree with me when they say that IT is sometimes unforgiving, long, long hours in close quarters with other team members and things like that. And, you know, it's, it's depending on the role that you're going to get into that could affect you. Um, It may not, but for me, for me, it meant a lot of that. And um, I've enjoyed that. And um, you know, the, the, company I worked for before here was a, a very large organization with a large group. Um, you know, we had 6,500 users in the office um, in the, in this Chicago and central region and, and, you know, corporate wide, there was 60,000 employees. Um, so we had a, a group of us that worked very tightly together. And when it was ever necessary to perform upgrades or migrate to new hardware or, um, you know, make changes. We worked on the weekends, we worked nights, you know, things like that. And you learn a lot when you're shoved into those environments. And I did that in my formative years in the field. And that was super beneficial for me. Great. Let's see. Um, And Tyrone also says he enjoys cybersecurity and cyber war by PW Singer and Alan Friedman. Yeah. I've cyber war is on my list. I haven't read it yet though. Good, good, good uh, book recommendations today, yeah. folks. Uh, let's see. Syed, that's coming up as LinkedIn user. Syed Kadar says, I admire Sean. I'm pursuing a master's in cybersecurity and left the final semester to complete um, his master's. Great. That's, you're going to learn a lot in that program and enjoy it. Um, you know, that's, that's admirable. Congratulations. Awesome. Um <laughs> Scott says Fulon <laughs> loves the feed. That's probably the way I've heard it. <laughs> probably, yeah. It's 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 a pretty well talked about book in most circles. Yeah. Um, it it's really enjoyable. It's yeah. a fun read. And you learn you can learn a lot from doing it too. Very cool. Very cool. So Kev says build a home lab and learn the skills needed on the job description. Absolutely. So that's um, a suggestion. Absolutely. You and you can do whether it's it's GCP or whether it's Azure or any other cloud environment, it doesn't matter. You you can do trials, you can stand up servers, you can build applications, you can do all kinds of stuff in an environment that's non-production. And I, I highly recommend that. I 
I, I remember back when I started a long time ago, um, you know, I, I would have a conversation with my wife about, I don't understand where people get all this equipment to make a home lab. And it, it wasn't easy to come by back then. Now you could go on eBay and buy all kinds of equipment. Um, but with, with the cloud, you don't need to. Um, you know, you if you've got your home network secured, um, segregated between uh, internet facing devices and non internet facing devices, and you have, you know, following good core practices at home, that's a network for you. And then you've got all cloud um, opportunities available for, you know, building servers and infrastructure and applications and testing those and tearing them down. And, and it's a great way to go. Yeah. For sure. And Kev also says, don't be afraid to dabble on different systems and get your hands dirty. Pretty much exactly what you're saying. Absolutely. Yeah. Learn, learn, you know, broaden your scope and learn as much as you can. It'll, it'll never harm you to learn more. Right. That is, that's such a good comment. It will never (laughs) harm you to learn more. (laughs) It will never harm you. Um, Scott Jaster said another book is Unicorn Project. Project. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many good books. I have to get my cybersecurity reading going yeah. again. <laughs> but there's a lot of good books out there um, to get people familiar in the space. Um, so imposter syndrome. Yes, syndrome. it's it's that's a that's a tough thing. It is such a tough thing. And, yeah. I, you know, I appreciate you as a CISO here talking about imposter syndrome because um I mean, people bring it up and say what, you know, like they've had it and what, and very, for various reasons, and we all get it. Um, but it's so interesting to hear you talk about it in the, in, in the, um, while going through this CISSP journey. So, you know, how did you, how did you overcome it? Like, t- talk to us a little bit about um, that scenario because so many folks in the field go through this. So, yeah, I think in my case, um, when I've suffered from that, the worst is when I'm presented with um, maybe some unfamiliar pressures and challenges and not having the answer that may be necessary right at that moment. And, you know, I've been for 20 years, I've been working with other C-suite people and and it's very interesting because from my standpoint, I listen to other other people and I'm like, oh, man, I don't I don't know what they're talking about or I don't understand that or or I don't know enough about that. Um, and if you dwell on it too much, you can get yourself down. So I think a, a good way to not do that is understand that if you look at all of these people that are more experienced or more knowledgeable in their fields, as having other opportunities to learn from them and mentor. And, and you can listen a lot and learn. And as I've, as I've worked in the field and worked with other people, I've, I've tried to keep that at the top of my forefront about not becoming too um, depressed or down on my lack of skill in this area or lack of understanding in that area. And, and I've always used it as a way to, all right, well, maybe I need to beef up on that. And and understand a little bit more about that. So, you know, outside of work, take time, understand, study. There's, I'm speaking for myself when I say this, there's a lot of opportunity to learn and not all of it comes at work. So being a hands-on learner, a self-starter, having the discipline to do it, you know, outside of what are your regular job requirements, that's great because that's a great way to learn. If you have the opportunity to be, to be mentored and, um, you know, onto the job training and pick up skills while at work. That's great. But not everybody has that. Not everybody's in the field and wants to get into the field. So it's going to take a lot of, of, of self-education to take care of that. And it, when you're, when you're presented with situations where you are starting to feel like you have imposter syndrome for maybe not understanding as much as you should, or, or knowing more than you think you should understand that everybody is in a situation where somebody knows more. There's always somebody who's a better expert than you. And you just have to be the best that you can be and understand that and be helpful, uh, thankful that you recognize that in yourself and move forward and just continue to learn. Um, this field, the entire IT field, cybersecurity specifically, 
it's a continuing education field and you're going to, you're never going to stop learning and you have to continue to put the effort into learn and understand things that you may not be exposed to normally. Such good points again, um, especially talking about overcoming yeah. how, you know, how you get over it. Cause everyone, not everyone, but folks say, okay, I have imposter syndrome or I've had it, um, but really coming up with strategies to overcome um, and getting past it and being able to look back and say, oh, I had imposter syndrome then um, is great. Yeah. And, uh, Kevin makes a good point here. I always say I know nothing because I'm always learning. Um, such a good point. Absolutely. I, it's, I, it's a reminder I remind my kids every single day because they'll be like, I suck at this. I suck at that. Everybody sucks at it in the beginning. <laughs> it's always Absolutely. Hard yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I know, I know from my, you know, my own personal self here, I, for a lot of years, I wouldn't do anything that I sucked at because I'm like, well, I don't want to do that. I feel terrible when I do it. I'm not doing it. And, and it, it took, it took some recognition of myself to say I'm, I'm holding myself back and, you know, that getting out of your comfort zone is yeah. the biggest opportunity to learn and grow. And yeah. um, I think, actually, I want to I mention that um, Brandon Krieger talked about that recently on one of his podcasts. And so I'm stealing his line, although it's the truth. Getting out of your own comfort zone is a way to really expand your knowledge and learn and, and go for more understanding of, of whatever topic you're looking at. I mean, it could be anything. Right. It's so true. I, um, I, I don't know. I, some, some of the things are repetitive that I talk about because I'm on here almost every week, but yeah. I, um, the part of me starting the beginning of this podcast in the very, very like way before we came up with a topic and stuff, I was nervous about public speaking. Absolutely. Nervous yeah. about being on camera. Like it was a whole thing. And I said, I got to put the reps in, um, as my, my, my workout folks always talk about putting the reps in. So you put in the reps and eventually it becomes like second nature. But in the beginning, if you look at, if folks look at some of the very beginning, yeah. <laughs> beginning podcasts. Yeah. And I, I, I all over like, can you see me? <laughs> <laughs> and I remember, you know, like I remember my first time speaking in front of a crowd and it was, you know, a room of like 300 people. And I was like nervous as hell. Right. And the more you do it, the better you become at it. The more you do it, the more confident you come in your abilities and the more you can um, just be more aware of your limitations and hangups and, and work through those. Um, right. Scott, it's Brandon Krieger. Um, let me let, put it in the chat. Yeah. Let me, let me pull up LinkedIn and I'll, and I'll look at it. Well, if you um, can shoot it over to me in the comments. I can. Yeah. Or the private um, chat. Yeah. He does. He does a, 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 a weekly podcast that if anybody's trying to get into it, take his podcast and listen to it. He's a, he's a, a great resource. He's a good friend of mine. Um, you know, he was a part of my study group. So I would, I would definitely recommend it. So I'll, I'll, I'll forward that to information to you and, and you can send it out. Okay. Perfect. Awesome. So Han says, uh, I'm just getting into cyber. We'll get my BS at the age of 45. I feel this is all in the core of my being. 45 is a good age. It's an awesome age. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I that best was when age. I went back to school, so it's all right. <laughs> it's the best age. <laughs> uh, so I, know, I feel like I'm in the prime of my life right now. It's great. I know. It's like you don't feel like you're proving anything to anybody except it's yourself. You know, all of these various things. A lot of imposters. A lot of stuff that you're trying to figure out. It's like. 45. That's great. Yeah. You know, you, you generally know who you are as an individual and right. have come to realize that these are my faults and I can try to change them, but I got to live with them. Right. And, or, or better. So these are my strengths and this yeah. is what I do best. And that those faults over there, I'm going to have somebody else take those on. And, and I'm gonna yeah, work yeah, abso me. absolutely. Yeah. Right. So Okay, awesome. Well, Sean, unless anyone else has any additional questions, this has been an awesome time to chat. I really, really, I went prior to us getting together, I did jump on your LinkedIn and I saw the CISSP and I thought, wow, this is so cool that SE so just recently got a CISSP. Yeah. So to come on here and talk about the story of 
you know, what made you do it at this stage of your career is fantastic. And giving some advice to folks, you know, it's not like you said before, it's not all about the cert, but you know, as an entry level person, it does make sense with the learning and growing. Absolutely. Oh, um, yeah. Any other uh, pieces, tips, uh, you know, of advice? Uh, yeah, be hungry. Um, put the effort in, learn, you know, learn as you can. And, you know, again, find some people. Uh, you know, LinkedIn's a great platform. So find some people on there that you can communicate with. Um, you know, anybody that wants to reach out to me, reach out to me and I'll accept your connection. And, you know, you could look at some of my shared connections and reach out to anybody. Just introduce yourself, say what your goals are, what you want to accomplish and that you're there to learn. And most people are going to take that as a, a wonderful opportunity to help you. Uh, there are some bots out there that are probably not going to work. But <laughs> well, right. and, and and Sean, I, what I what I really appreciate is the. Um, and folks are saying, thank you. Kev is saying, thank you. Scott says, thank you. Great chat, Sean. Um, thank you all. Giving that piece, I think that little piece of advice that people may have skipped over, I try to tend to highlight some things that come across when you said connect and say you want to learn. Yeah, yeah. I think that is so huge. Like you're not looking for a job from the person. You're not, you know, like immediately somebody says, can you find me a job? It's just like, like, <laughs> like, yeah, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to sell you anything. I get, a, I get, a, I get so many people looking, Hey, I want to connect. We have shared interest. Let me sell you something. No, I'm okay. not looking to buy anything right now. Thank you. But <laughs> Thank you. Very yeah. Much. Yeah. I mean, making connections and just be honest. I want to learn. I've looked at your profile. You have experience that I think would be beneficial. You know, it doesn't have to be an essay, but however right. you want to say it, yeah. um, just be willing to learn and, and listen. Um, right. You know, listening is a, is a real important thing here. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I want to thank you for having me. Um, I appreciate you. that. This was, this was a great experience and, and anytime, uh, you know, I'd love to come back and talk again. Absolutely. We must have you back. We have to have you back. Thank well, you. Sean, this was a pleasure. Sean Delane, Thank you so, so much for being here. And folks, we will see you again. I think tomorrow, I know Chris is on vacation this week, so I don't know what's going on tomorrow with him and breaking into cyber, or if I'm running the show tomorrow, I'm not 100% sure yet. Um, if not, uh, we will see you again here next week with another CISO Thursday, breaking into cyber. Bye, everybody. Thanks, Renee. Appreciate it. Bye. Thank you.